Do you sit down to pee? Sometimes I have been a lot more recently because I've been washing my hands so much with coronavirus that I don't have to wash my hands if I sit down to pee. You know, I don't touch anything. You're disgusting. Short. Yo, mama. Hey, doggy dog. What up, Al? Good to see How you. How are you? Wow. It's, uh, it's daylight. This is the first time we've potted during the morning, I think. It is, yeah. Um, and I'm sweating already. It is, it's, uh, it's hot here down south in Kansas. I don't know about up north uh, in Nebraska. <laughs> down south. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, this is great for me because I'm skipping my introduction to dental implantology right now to, to be with you. So um, this so is, this is much, the, much better. Why would they put the tology at the end of that? I mean, that just is there to sound. It sound does sound science-y. extra smart. So I made sure that I put dental implantology there other than my introduction to my dental implants class. It sounds way better if I do entology. Well, because it's a study of dental implants. It's not just introduction to dental implants. It's introduction to the study of dental implants. Introduction to the study of dental implants, but even so, you can mm-hmm. say that with and leave out the 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 ology part. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nate, if, if you don't go to the dentist, I, you're going to be needing a I'm, lot of dental implants. Right, but I firmly believe that in the next ten to fifteen years, none of us will have teeth at all. We will do this dental <laughs> implants thing right away at twenty, and then you never brush again, and you're good. You just have artificial no, teeth. That's not how it works. I think it'll be how, it, how works. it works. So Dental implants fail too. No, but, but they're also the really expensive. I mean, each. I I think that it'll be it'll be like uh, LASIK. I think LASIK in the next ten to fifteen years, no one will have glasses. Everyone has LASIK. Same with teeth. No one has real teeth anymore. That's what I'm going for. Because do you like my mouth glasses? is so small, Al? You do have a little glasses. You have a little mouth. Nate, you know what you're going to look like though. You know, you know that picture of Paul I sent you yesterday smiling. That's what you're going to look like. You're not going to have any teeth. You're just going to look Good. like a little baby. Good. I hope I, babies are cute. Everyone loves babies. Yeah, he's, I'd rather he's look, a pretty I'd rather cute baby. I'd rather go through the pain and, and the condescension of going to the dentist. Uh, man, you guys, you haven't flossed, have you? You, sh- oh. you, you shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. They're, we're just trying to help, you know? It's like mm. when the priest asks, how long has it been since you've been, been to confession? You know, it's just, it's trying to help you. It's not trying to no, but the, you. It, it's like the priest saying... It's been a while since you've been to confession, huh? That's what it's more like. <laughs> That's true. That's pretty funny, actually. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Sticks yeah, I can tell. tell. Alec. I can I've never tell had a priest hasn't. say that to me. No, I've never. But yeah, I guess that is yeah, a good priests are better. Speaking of babies. Speaking of uh, yeah, that's true. I would I would agree with that for the most part. Mm-hmm. Speaking of babies, you got to meet Paul last week. That was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I made him cry. Um, you did for the first, but then for the he first was really hold, good later in the night. First hold I did poorly. Second hold I did great, and I, you I held it in much better. I loved holding that child. So my favorite part was hold. I held them uh, facing facing the crowd as you do with babies, so they can look at stuff. But I held mm-hmm. my my fingers around his chest and his torso. I could hold, and my hands were touching around his chest. He's just a, such a tiny little baby, and then you go oh, you just a little down, guy. And you go to his belly, and your hands expand because his belly's just so big. He's like a bowling ball. That is so cute. That is great. Man, I love bath time with him. It's just so funny. He, he just loves it. 
That's great. You know how I, I told you last week how he – I love how he uh, – well, I told you this last week that he stares into Claire's eyes as he's eating. It's so funny. So he just looks up. And I compared it to the way you used to get your hair cut by Maria Eck. You would just look yeah. into her eyes while you were standing there. And she had beautiful eyes. I, Still does. I, I, walked in, I walked in Monday night, uh, and I, I was – you know, Claire was feeding Paul, and he's looking up at her, and he's real cute all this stuff, just, just looking at her like, I love you. Like I depend upon you. You're amazing. All this stuff. And then he ripped the biggest, like nastiest poopy <laughs> fart of his life. And he continued to stare into her eyes. And it reminded me of someone just draining a three in someone's face and, and walking away, staring at him. That was Paul pooping. Paul just dunking into his everybody. diaper while he's dunking on Claire. Yeah. It was pretty cute. You would do this. Yeah. Wow. What a show of dominance. Who's really in charge yeah. there? <laughs> it's like, I own you, Claire. That's what I felt like he was saying. Did Claire yeah. smile? It was it great. We laughed. We giggled real hard. It was great. You can't help but smile at almost all the time. So Al, maybe right. this, this comment doesn't have any uh, bearing on our conversation, but I, I recently made the connection that babies grow teeth in like their first year year and a half two years uh-huh. and it's often uh-huh. while they're still nursing yeah i never once thought about the, the the discomfort of nursing someone with teeth and uh and the nibbles and everything like that i can imagine that's that's probably pretty painful <laughs> nibbles on the nipples yep mm-hmm. nibbles I, on it, the nipples. I, I think it i think it can be very very painful at times so the average baby has their first their their bottom incisors at about six months so and usually they they encourage you to breastfeed as long as you can it's usually like nine to 12 months I think I don't know I hope none of the moms are listening to this and and angry but I'm pretty sure and so I I just feel like it'd be be pretty painful at times as a as a show of solidarity with Claire you should uh you should breastfeed at about six months and and just feel that Feel that pain on your little. I, hair, hair I got nipples. hairy nipples, man. I don't want Paul to be on that. He can, he can floss, maybe. <laughs> gross. That was really gross. <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, okay. All right. Lord of the Rings now. Here we good go. Stuff. That was good. Yeah. Man, this is great. I'm drinking coffee instead of a beer while we're doing this. I hope it makes it sharp. It's, it's good. I think it'll be good doing this in the morning. I feel great. Yeah, you've got the official Hot Guys Cry 2 mug there. Hot Guys Cry 2 merchandise. If anyone wants one, I don't know. We'll just have to design it again on. What would you where'd you buy this? It was my birthday last year, right? Shutter, one of the coolest presents I've ever it's, gotten. It's, Shutterfly. It's fun. I forget. It's on the bottom. Yeah. No. Oh, it is. I just fly. saw it when China. you drank. You know, that's right. Support oh, our Chinese funny. overlords. Yes. Yes. Um, but the two towers. We're moving on from our, our first deep dive of fellowship. Um, I'm, I'm very, very excited. I've been thinking about this for the last two weeks nonstop. Yeah, I, I uh, loved the first one. Uh, and it's, uh, we're getting used to this new, new system, new equipment. I hope we're, we're sounding, uh, sounding okay. But yeah, the Two Towers book and movie. Al, where does the Two Towers rank on your list of, of three, both book and movie? Well, the book, again, I'm not the expert. I did skim through it the first half um, a few nights ago. Um, so I don't remember the book a whole lot, but movie wise, this, this isn't my favorite of the three, but I think it's my favorite of the three to rewatch. If you know what I mean? It's like, I don't say Ocean's 11 is my favorite movie, but it's my favorite movie to rewatch 
But the two towers of the three is my favorite one to rewatch partially because I love Sam and Frodo. I love the Ents, but I really, really love the battle of Homesteep. We're going to talk about it a lot. What about you? Well, I think it's actually my third favorite, both book and movie. Um, I used to oh, think Return, Return of the King was the movie was way too long. We can talk about this later. Uh, and I've grown to love Return a, a lot. Um, similarly, Fellowship has just gone up on my list. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Two Towers is unbelievable. It's so good. But unlike many sequels, um, Tolkien had a good ending in mind. So if, picture like Star Wars. Um, Empire of the original trilogy is probably the best movie and they just didn't really stick the landing. Um, with the Lord of the Rings, he had a good ending in mind. So the, the ending is actually just as good or if not better than, than the story up till now. So two towers, it, it doesn't necessarily lag. I just think uh, it's, it's the third best, still one of the greatest movies I've ever seen and one of the best books I've ever read. So uh -huh. um, uh -huh. just a testament to uh, both of those trilogies. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. This one, this one's just the most fun for me to rewatch. It's got some great humor in it. It's not as weighty as the third one or the first one. I, I just, I just, if it's on cable or on TNT, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch almost all of these scenes as they're going. But the Return of the King, I feel like I have to sit down and be, be ready to, to cry for the last twenty to thirty minutes. So that's why I like this one. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. It, it, so it definitely is a little uh, easier, easier to, to jump into. I also think this one, you said you haven't seen the extended versions. Extended versions are super fun on this one. There's got a lot of like extra editions that you can dive into the, the legendarium of middle earth. It's, it's, it's a lot, of, a lot of fun, hmm. but the, the book is quite a bit different from the two towers. Correct. Yeah. There are the, two, the, the two or three really major uh, differences. Faramir, that whole story arc is a lot different. Helm's deep, the way that plays out is, is really different. And then the, the way that uh, the books tell the Shalob's lair and um, Frodo and Sam separating, that happens like halfway through in the movies, Return of the King. But um, yeah, they put, that's it's at the end it, of the two, two towers. It's at right? the end of the two towers. And there's a lot of reasons for that we'll probably talk about in Return of the King. But um, yeah, this, this, the movie makes the climax of the Frodo and Sam story this decision uh -huh. of Faramir to let them let them go on, which is uh -huh. completely right. absent in the book. And, and I would, I would say it's a negative. Uh, it makes it worse. Yeah. It's not a great adaptation. Yeah. It's, I, I agree with that too. That Faramir, we'll, we'll talk about him, man. Cause he's just such a freaking amazing character in, in the books. And they totally, they totally botch it here. I also, it's, it's, it's sad because I, I think Faramir is the hottest guy in the movies behind Legolas. And they just kind of paint him as a bad guy till the end, till, till he like, is about to die. Um, you know, it's funny you say that. Orcs in Gondor. We should, uh, yeah, we should do a poll or something because I just don't think Legolas is that hot. I think he's you a little. You shut your mouth. He's a little too you pretty stop boy. It. No, because he's an elf. They're all pretty. Yeah, I he think first of all, you sure. need a little bit of facial hair in my book. And then, um, so Aragorn and Faramir are just are, are way are, Maybe he, way better. Elves don't grow facial hair, Nate. You can't count that against them. They're beautiful I do, creatures. Though. They're, yeah, oh, he's too man. pure. What would you do with them? You would just, you, can you imagine playing ping pong or Monopoly with Legolas? No, he's an elf. He, he looks down on that type of activity. He would dominate you in ping pong. That's why you wouldn't want to play him. 
He'd probably dominate oh, your chest too. You sh- you shut your mouth. Hey, you are hey. you are really good at ping pong. Okay, okay. So what what, what we could talk more about about Legolas and stuff, but we wanted to <laughs> we wanted to talk about uh, where, where there's kind of three different uh, I guess journeys we're we're following here, right? We got Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. We've got Mary, Pippin, and the Ents, and then we also have. Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas that we're following here. We're so you're gonna start us off with Frodo, Sam, and Gollum kind of following their adventure throughout this story. Yeah. So if you remember from Fellowship, that it ends right where Frodo and Sam break off and and start their their own journey toward towards a uh, Mordor. Um, starting off in those hills, the Immen Mule, and they're lost and they need a guide. Luckily, Gollum has been chasing them. Um, for a long time since Moria. This looks strangely familiar. Because we've been here before. We're going in circles. Um, so this is where we meet Gollum. Uh, this incredible character. Gollum. Gollum. Yeah. Can you, um, can you imagine a better way to just describe, like, Tolkien, without the use of, like, audio or anything, he, he makes, paints this picture of, of a noise that this character makes. I know. That, is so pre- crazy. present that they call him that because he just makes yeah. this noise all yeah, the time. It's kind of genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it yeah, reminds so, me of that noise that you make in your throat when you're clearing your throat. I don't know how I would write that out. Let's see. Here, can you do it for across. the pod? I don't know if that's <laughs> you, it. Can't, you can totally hear it. I just remember the few times I like slept with Nate. And I can, I feel like I always wake up at like three or four in the morning to you clearing your throat like that. that yeah, it's pretty gross. Funny. I don't know. And I, no one else does it. So I. No one does about, that. No, you're a weirdo. Everyone else clears strange. their throat by like honking a loogie. You know, that uh, is super funny. All right, well, I'm sorry. Big golf, honk a loogie great on noise. Great, great noise. Great, great onomatopoeia that he uses for his name. It's really funny. Gollum. But Gollum, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, how you feel about him I like watching these movies I still I'm like I'm repulsed by him like watching him and I think that's the way we're supposed to feel because he, he just totally personifies sin he's basically a walking corpse it's he's just this disgusting creature but you're fascinated you kind of pity him but you hate him at the same time he's definitely I would say the most interesting character in the entire series but it's for me, it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, repulsive is a good word. And um, he, he reminds me of two other characters from two of my favorite books, uh, Silence and The Power and the mm-hmm. Glory. Have you read those? Um, yeah, you sent them, them to me. Yeah. I yeah, read them both, both of them have uh, these characters who are kind of Judas characters who are slaves to whatever their sin is. Um, and they end up betraying... Um, the other, the, the hero in the end, um, to their own detriment and to the hero's eventual benefit. Um, and Gollum, as we'll see, does the exact same thing. You know, this character that we take pity on, who's objectively just awful, and you know that he's yeah. going, if you, if you let him come along, uh, no matter what, it just seems, no matter how much mercy you show, he's going to end up um, doing evil in the end. But... Uh-huh. All of these characters, Frodo and Sam and Bilbo, and uh, and in those other books, uh, the main characters show pity or and, and mercy, and that uh-huh. ends up being 
the saving grace at the end of the story. So I love the way that Tolkien and those other authors uh, wrote this embodiment of, of sin and of yep. addiction into their stories. It's, it's, it, it made it a character, you know? Right, right. It's so, it's so amazing because he, he per- perfectly personifies and illustrates addiction. He's like, he's even divided within himself. Like he, he hates the ring. He hates what it's done to him, but he can't help but do it. And it creates, it, it, it shows what sin does to us. It's, it's isolation. It distorts him. It divides him internally. Um, and it also like physically changes him, which is pretty, pretty cool. Cause a lot of times, I guess you imagine a picture of Dorian Gray. Like he, he falls down that path. And it creates him into this beautiful, you know, you know, you know, that story, the, like the classic mm-hmm. where he's really beautiful. But then when he looks in the mirror or is it the mirror or the painting and it shows who he is actually internally, Gollum actually, we, we see on the outside how disgusting and horrible because he's, he's just obsessed. He's, he will do anything for this ring, even though he does hate it at the same time. And we get that great scene of him, the, the two sides of him battling. I, I love that argument. It's so cool. Where he says, go away and don't come back. He just, he seems like such a child, but you see the release and the freedom he feels at the end of that. It is a really, really awesome scene. Leave now and never come back. No. Leave now and never come back. That's right. Yeah. And then there's, uh, in the, in the books, there's not necessarily those types of, you know, dualistic conversations, conversations but the uh, movies do a great job of showing that. Uh, I, I, I love uh, to, to witness that. And you see Smeagol win. Smeagol is the, uh, yeah. the good side, or I suppose, or the, the original Hobbit uh, that uh, he used to be. And he wins for a time. And then uh, through some misunderstandings, whatever, Sam being a little bit, uh, more slow to crude show yeah, yeah. yeah he's very crude him. and he's very he's very distrustful uh mm-hmm. and then Gollum comes back but yeah there's some scenes even in the in the book though of, of i can't remember who wakes up i think sam maybe wakes up and, and sees him and he's sitting over by a, a pond and he's he thinks that he's just an, a very old looking hobbit he doesn't look like the the creature that got, he is now but he sees like him as he could have been or as he should have been um yeah, and you're right. It, it, the 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 way that not only is his uh, actions, his habits, his voice change, his physical nature uh, changes as well, which is a, a a good representation of what sin is. Not just a spiritual thing. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's a both, physical. Yeah. Since we're both soul we're, and body, uh, sin affects all of us. Um, yeah. So. That that scene of them. Um, it, it struck me the last time I watched it more than it ever has before because I saw myself in Gollum. And I think that's what repulses me so much is I'm like, this is what sin does to me. It's just like we're talking about, but I love that scene where him, he's battling Schmeagle, Schmeagle and Gollum back and forth, back and forth. And that's what I feel like oftentimes when I'm battling my own addictions and own struggles and own sins, basically he has to, he has to deny totally and like surrender to something other than this obsession with this sin because he knows it's not good, but he's so obsessed. He's so possessed by it 
Um, and so finally, what's really neat is I love that he calls Frodo master because finally when he surrenders to like following his master and, and, um, and, and going and doing whatever he can for Frodo, that's what we do finally with, with, with Jesus when we finally surrender to his will, to our master's will. It's when he's truly free, when he trusts, yes. when he gives it all over. I saved us. It was me. We survived because of me. Oh wow, that's a great point. Even though he he is uh, a servant, or, or and he's following he's a servant, as but well. he's free. He's, he's truly yes. free because Frodo, in this case, has his best interest at heart, and, and what Frodo right. wants is the right thing for for Gollum and Smeagol. That's a really yeah. great point. Well, I was just uh, talking with with Claire about this yesterday. How um, a lot of times I think I know what I want. I think I know what's best for me, but in fact, I really I just need to want. Lord's will. I need to, I need to want Jesus's will because he knows what's best for me more than I even do. And that's really hard to wrap our minds. It's really hard to grasp because like freedom oftentimes is, I, I have this misconception of what freedom actually is. I think freedom is like what I want to do, what anything I, I, I want to do, anything I want to do, but true freedom is, is submitting to the father's will. And I think that's what, what, what we get to see Gollum or Schmeagel did, I guess, for a little bit here in the, in the two towers. That's right. He submits uh, to Frodo's will. Another thing that's, that's, I love about uh, Gollum and Schmeagel is that he truly hates the ring. Um, he yeah. desires it. He calls it his precious. Uh, and we see in the end, it's his undoing, but he hates it. And I think that is very relatable, especially in sober moments right now. We're in the middle of the day. We're at, we're at work or we're at home. I think we can take a look at our, our sins and say, I hate all of these sins. I freaking and hate we, it. We know that we, by the end of the day today, we will have pride or sloth or lust, whatever. We know that we're going to um, fall into whatever it is that we've fallen into before. Um, so that's just so relatable to me that Gollum, Gollum doesn't love what he d- desires which is you know that's saint paul and i think it's romans where he just you know why do i do these things that i that i don't wish to do um so that's just just another timeless thing that i think we um forgot in the modern era of uh the things that you love are are good things no matter what they are um even if you, you can legitimately love things like um whatever sexual attraction you have or um, whatever television show you, you must see. Um, and yet that doesn't make it a good thing just because you desire it. Um, uh-huh. that makes sense. Go away. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Yeah, that's right. So not only do we get something great spiritually, but after he kind of converts or has that, that little moment becomes Schmeagol again, the next day we get one of the best lines in Lord of the Rings movie history, what's taters? And then we get the great, great little discourse by Sam about potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. It's, mm-hmm. it's so wonderful. The, the, the songs that they created on YouTube, ah, oh, if you ever need to be cheered up, just go and watch some of those. Mm-hmm. Great rap. We need a few good taters. 
What's taters, Brussels? What's taters, huh? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. You know, it's it's what they call in the business a, a great line reading. You'll often, you know, you see yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Mm -hmm. on the script it says potatoes and he says, you know, potatoes. Um, but Sean Austin really knocks it out of the park with this line reading. One of the few, uh, you know, surprisingly, Al, guess how many acting nominations that uh, Lord of the Rings got in its three years? Three. I have no idea. I, I asked without oh, knowing Oh, okay. Great but question. It's not very, it's, it's no not one knows. <laughs> I think it's one. I think. Uh, I think. I think. Well, it won. It won best picture or the return to. Right. Won best picture. Won best picture. I, oh yeah, it won a ton of Oscars. Just no, not a lot of acting Oscars. No acting. Yeah. I think That's it won really one. Ian McKellen won one for Gandalf, but. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we we see some uh, some good performances here from from Sean Austin, and then the guy who's playing Gollum, obviously. Uh, He's incredible. That, that's a dude, you know. I know. I, have you ever watched this, like, the behind-the-scenes footage of how he did it? Like, he's actually kind of a – he's got a really creepy, strange look to him. I'm trying to remember what else, other movies. He's like 13 well, going he, on 30 or something. Oh, he's in he always, uh, Black Panther. Um, he, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. Guy that's with right. The one hand, yeah. He always um, plays good villains. He's got a great look to him. Right. And he's the, the eighth uh -huh. in, in – um, uh, one of those eight movies. We've seen those. Uh, Rise movies. of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, he's the main which are, guy. Which are Caesar. awesome movies, by the way. <laughs> really oh, cool. He's Caesar. Place. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Very well done. I love when I love when you have a guy, an actor who's just immediately he's always going to be a villain. That's like Severus Snape. Um, he played um, Hans Gruber in Die Hard. He was just always a villain. Great voices or great look that always looks like a villain. You know what I mean? Pretty menacing, yeah. My uh, the dean of, well, would he be associate dean of the College of Dentistry up here in Nebraska would be a perfect villain. He's got this great New York accent. Uh, he's pretty old, but he's got these bright, like almost bluish gray eyes, but this jet black hair. I don't know if he dyes it or not. And he's like almost like grotesquely skinny. And he just, he's got a, the perfect villain voice, but you love him at the same time. I would love to see him as a villain in a movie. I would love to see your father currently uh, play a villain. My in dad? Movie. What's his uh, beard? He, he has got a goatee right now and long, uh, slick back hair. He looks, I told him, oh, he, yeah, looked, he, uh, he looked like a villain. <laughs> That's super funny. I wonder how he took that. He was probably actually pretty upset. He's like, what do you mean? Oh, that's really funny. He's kind yeah, of sensitive. I, I never know how to, I know, but I don't ever know how to treat people with goatees. Like He does oh. look ridiculous, and he knows it too. It's funny. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyways, after let's, potatoes. Let's move on. So after yeah. the potatoes, that's in the in the movies where um, we meet this band of Athelian uh, rangers. We see Faramir for the first time. Yeah. Right? Similar yep. thing happens in the book. So we can get into our our discussion on Faramir. One of many book readers and and many uh, folks' favorite book characters. This is the character yep. that Tolkien. You know, when you're writing a novel, you might write yourself into the novel. Tolkien put himself in a lot of what Faramir uh, was. And I really? Think, mm hmm mm hmm Yeah, so uh, we see a lot of those, those uh, uh, British qualities, but, and he actually uh, famously in the movie says, uh, time for Faramir, captain of Gondor, to show his quality in such a great way.
But yeah, oh, this is just great. one of the, mm-hmm. the, the great, uh, or the, you know, famous changes between the books because in the movie, Faramir is kind of a, a villain for a time. He, he takes the hobbits back to Osgiliath and, and almost does the same thing that Boromir, his brother, does. Um, so, Al, what are your thoughts on that change in, in uh, a book versus uh, movie, Faramir? Well, this is what um, everyone hates. If you ever listen to any podcasts or, or, or people who are, are big fans of the books, they hate this too. And I, I hate it too because I remember reading the books about three years ago and being blown away that Faramir was such a good, solid, amazing dude. Um, I think it's cool because it does create extra conflict and, 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 um, drama, I guess. But yeah, I, I wish they could have found a different way to do this and then, um, bastardize Faramir's name. You know, it's like John Proctor because it is my name. They really screw him up here. I, I, I hate it too. What do you, I I mean, how do you feel? Are you, is this your least favorite adaptation of the, of the three? You know, it's rough because you have to have some kind of, climax in, in two towers for Frodo and Sam and if it can't mm-hmm. be so they had to make Shalom for a lot of reasons they had to push everything back in in return because they didn't do the scouring of the Shire which is a whole different conversation but um it is a, it is a shame because we just see a, a, an example of a good man who's fighting which is fighting the long defeat which is mm-hmm. a theme throughout Lord of the Rings of this battle that is inevitably <clears throat> going to go bad um, especially for the elves, the elves are all basically on the same page of oh, no matter what happens in this fight, we are we're either, we're we're going to leave. Uh, our everything we've done here is is going to be destroyed, and and we have to leave Middle Earth. Uh, the people of Gondor are facing a f- similar fight, where no matter what, our old way of uh, our old way of life is is going to change. We're either going to win this, um, which is just increasingly unlikely, uh, or we're going to lose, and everything's going to. Uh, go to go to crap but Faramir recognizes that it is better to fight in the right way the defeat than it is to win in any other uh immoral way by taking uh-huh. the ring so I think uh-huh. that's 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 a thing that uh Tolkien would have understood as someone who fought in World War One it was better to when it looked hopeless it was better to keep fighting the right way than to to you know gas his opponents or or whatever and it's also just a very germanic way of looking at uh the world which uh um is basically what do you, what do you mean by that a very germanic so way a, a germanic uh story is is you know like beowulf or you see it a lot in um in those types of, of stories where the the ending is tainted um, the ending is not going to be a fairy tale uh, type of thing, but these heroes fight anyway, um, mm-hmm. and they're often fighting for not like for for not necessarily bad reasons, but for revenge or for honor or for glory. Or, um, you see this, and we'll talk about Theoden. Uh, Theoden rides for to make an ending that's worthy of song. Not necessarily mm-hmm. to win or anything else, but he just wants to be. He wants for honor, to do, for yeah, for honor. He knows yeah, it's to do the right the, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to do the right thing and not for for a victory. Um, so Faramir's uh, in that same that same vein, just fighting the long fight without any assurance of victory, which is a right, a great right. Thing to do. So that's what I think they do. Kind of rescue his name. They rescue his um, his honor in a way here. Um, it also gives us, like you said, it, it gives us some good things. It, it does create drama, it creates a climax. 
And the climax then gives us one of the greatest monologues or speeches. It's, it's the best of the three movies for sure, but it's also just, I love the, the Sam something worth fighting for. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it gets me going. Anytime I need a little motivation in the middle of the night studying for a test, I just, I'm always, I'm, I'm all in. I'll, I'll rewatch this over and over again. It's like watching Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans or the Dwight Schrute perfect crime speech. It just, it moves me every time. <laughs> yeah, right in the same, uh, same area. You know, and it's not in the books. Uh, this is totally written for the movies, so. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo. The ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end. Because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing. This shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you. That meant something. Even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Furrow, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going. Because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? There's some good in this world, Mr. Farrell. And it's worth fighting for. Wow. Beautiful. That's great. Beautiful. It's beautiful. There's some Just good in this world, Mr. Frodo. Yeah, and it's worth fighting for. It's uh, such a good great. speech, so well delivered. Again, no acting Oscar for Sean Austin here. It was a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it was it was it was lovely. I I I love the ending, and then the banding together of Frodo and Sam towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where Gollum kind of turns against them because yeah, he felt betrayed. Um, and yeah. he he works up his plan to to take him to the Shilab. It's sad. It's a, it's a rough ending to watch because I just, like, feel it in my bones. Like, oh, gosh. Gollum's got him. He's got him right where he wants him. Um, and then the ending, too, you've got – I remember there's, there's all these pine needles on the ground, which gives it this really eerie feel. I think all of the trees look, like, kind of dead, and there's these pine needles on the ground. You know what I'm talking about? As they're mm-hmm. walking through the forest and Gollum's kind of hiding from them. Just got a really, really strange, eerie, again, like repulsive feel where you're like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I can't believe we have to wait to watch this, another movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Great, great ending for these two. Uh, do you want to move on to the uh, to the next group of folks? Uh, you want to hit yeah. Aragorn, uh, Legolas, and Gimli first? Yep, yep, absolutely. Well, you, you had a, you had also said, though, real quick, because the, the Two Towers ends with the pretty, the, the book ends pretty, pretty dramatically. Right? Doesn't isn't Frodo taken 
in the in the well, books or how does it work i'm trying to remember yeah so two towers stretches on uh in the books a couple more chapters after after the the movies because they they fight shalab and and frodo is stung and sam thinks that he's dead um i hate to spoil this for anyone who hasn't read this or, or seen this but um he's all wrapped up and so sam decides i've got to continue this this journey so he takes the ring and the file of galadriel and he thinks that he's got to continue this journey on his own what's this looks like old shelob's been having a bit of fun killed another one has she this fellow ain't dead she jabs him with her stinger, and he goes as limp as a bone fish. Then she has her way with them. That's how she likes to feed. Fresh blood. Get into the tower! Samwise, you fool. The scum will be awake in a couple of hours. Then he'll wish he'd never been. Come to find out Frodo wasn't dead, some orcs came across his body and Sam followed them for a while and found out that Frodo was still alive and did all he could to rescue him, but uh, he couldn't do it. So the ending of the book, the last sentence is, Frodo was alive, but taken by the enemy. Um, oh, and, baby. And, <laughs> That's a great. great. A great finish. And it's such a... Uh, a cliffhanger. You have to find out what happens to Frodo. Oh man, yeah, you're you're, um, you're immediately buying the next book. The freaking yeah, Tolkien this, wrote. Didn't he? Didn't it take him like six years or something to to release Return of the King? It took a lot of time. So a lot of folks were just waiting and waiting and waiting. And even throughout the first part of the Return of the King, the whole first ten chapters uh, is just the Gandalf, Aragorn, uh, Mary oh, Pippin story. Man. So they don't even get to Frodo again until um, chapter <laughs> you know twelve. It's, it That's is a great, a great, That's great good. device. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Best mm -hmm. ending I've ever read. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. All right. Let's talk Mary Pippin. Let's talk Treebeard, the Ents. Uh, this, uh, I get bored during this part. I don't know about you. This, this sometimes is like when, and, and it's because the Ents themselves are excruciatingly boring. They talk slow. They're oftentimes like rambling on in, in songs and poems. Am I right in the book? Um, oh, oh yeah, but it just, yeah. It, it, it takes it takes pages and pages and pages, and it's kind of cool because you're with these very strange characters. You're learning about their culture and everything like that. But uh -huh. um, so Tolkien, there's a couple of stories about how this was inspired. One of them is that uh, Tolkien was uh, inspired by the the Latin uh, mass that he he loved the Latin mass, um, but this long sonorous um, tone. Uh, that you hear often by priests, oh, older priests reading. Um, so he he kind of replicated that for these ants. And then also, apparently, um, it's the way that his good friend C.S. Lewis spoke. Uh, kind of this slow, no way. <laughs> yeah, melodious way. Uh, so Tolkien uh, wrote C.S. Lewis into these books, and it's Treebeard. Treebeard is C.S. Lewis. That's freaking cool. I had no idea. That's really, really cool. Um, I, I, um, 
we also we got to talk real quick though before they meet the ants we have the greatest conversation the, the greatest orc conversations known to mankind at least um in this uh the, the, that scene there where they're about to get slaughtered uh that's what looks like meets back on the menu boys is up there for the greatest orc quote for sure uh but i just love that scene where the orcs are are battling it out i wish we had more orc conversations throughout the movies because in the books there it happens all the time right the the Urukai and the other orcs are always battling and, and, and fighting it out. Yeah, they argue a lot. And and I love the implication there with meats back on the menu that orcs have menus. Um that they have restaurants or something. Um, but I've never thought of that. <laughs> ordering an espresso. <laughs> yeah, we're in, nice we're in Mordor. That's great. There. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's a great conversation. All of the orc quotes are so memorable because of the way oh, they. Oh, they're so Ooh. good. They're so. Catapults. Yeah. Oh man, I know it's amazing. I that's what my is kind of always my mark of whether a movie is memorable or not, or whether I whether I quote it because like this happens all the time. Like I like a lot of the Marvel movies and stuff, but I rarely quote anything from there, and I just constantly am quoting stuff from The Dark Knight or Lord of the Rings. Just 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 amazing quotes great orcs great characters they're they're so foul and disgusting and ridiculous that you, you gotta you gotta say these in real life it's amazing i'm starving we ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days why can't we have some meats what about them they are not for eating. What about their legs? They don't need those. Ooh, they look tasty. Get back, Snum! The prisoners go to Solomon. Alive and unspoiled. Alive? Why alive? To think of good sport. They have something. An elvish weapon. The master wants it for the war. I think we have the ring. Shh. As soon as they find out we don't, we're dead. Just a mouthful. A bit off the flank. goes to so many uh so many situations too um mm-hmm. what, what about their legs they don't need those i say that all the time yep yep it's great i say that to paul sometimes what about your legs he they doesn't use those. those does he no he not yet he kind of stands no oh, you can't do anything it's not even oh. fun sometimes yeah um all right mary pippin ints um one, one of the the themes that i love that we kind of see come alive here that with Mary and Pippin as boring as they can be. What is so cool about these four hobbits is that it completely contrasts what our superhero, this, the superhero genre has created. We, uh, we know we constantly, we go, we see, see Spider-Man, Captain America. We love them because they've got these, they're these good, like virtuous people or these flawed men like Iron Man 
and they've got these superpowers. We love watching them. We love saving, watching them save the day. Frodo, um, Frodo, Mary, Pippin, Sam, all of them, they are completely the opposite. They're just good-hearted people, but have, there's nothing special about them at all. They have no powers. They're like, what, three feet tall? Um, but they play this extraordinary role in the fate of history, in the fate of, of, of Middle Earth. It's really, really cool, very reminiscent of the apostles as well. It's like the, um, the, the, Jesus decided to call, instead of calling these great kings or instead of calling you know, the greatest of his time in the Roman empire, he calls simple fishermen. He calls tax collectors. He calls sinners. He calls us. is just very ordinary people to become extraordinary, to do something extraordinary, to play this great fate. I love seeing this. I love seeing this play out, especially with Mary and Pippin and the Ents and how they're the ones who conquer Saruman, who, who, um, who battle Isengard, even though they're literally just like sitting on Treebeard throwing rocks, doing nothing. But they're often put into emotion the, the bigger events, uh, like they yep. convince the, the Ents to attack Isengard and things like that. Yeah, the, the Hobbits are great examples of, of just doing the, the right, next right thing, the thing that's yep. right in front of you. Uh, and having making a difference that way, you know, Mary Pippin, they actually fail quite a bit. Pippin, especially, he he fails in Moria. Uh, his action actually leads to Gandalf's death, and then later to Gandalf's resurrection, which we're going to talk about um, oh. here in a bit. He's he in Two Towers. He he's the one who picks up the Palantir and he looks into it, and and Sauron thinks that he has the ring, all these things, but. That's what puts into motion the events that Aragorn actually challenges Sauron with the, with his sword, and you see that in, in I think the extended editions and in the books. Um, so it was, uh, it was Pippin's action, but then you also see all these right actions um, where they're just they they can't plan out the great battle, but they can do this thing: with, throw a rock at the uh, at the orcs, or uh, maybe talk the ants into. Um, attacking Isengard they can just do those little things and that that play makes all the difference who knows where where they uh this war would have ended up without these two a lot of bad things could have happened Faramir would have died at the uh in the, yep. in the return of yep. the king uh-huh yeah it's great it's really genius that's it's it's what i i really really love about these three because there's there's no there, there are superhero-esque folks like gandalf and aragorn are, are these guys with extraordinary talents but these four hobbits are essentially the ones who save the day in the end it's amazing. Without Frodo, without Sam, without Mary Pippin, none of this goes into place. Uh, never goes into play. And all they did was the next right thing, like you said. It's good stuff. Beautiful. Did you want to Love talk it. any more about the Ents here or anything else that happens with Isengard? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's a good ending. It's, it's uh, a little bit boring. Um, I think in, in, the, in the movies, it stretches. It's one of the, some of the worst, yeah. uh, most boring scenes. The only thing that um, it, it is very different the way um, like Saruman's death, if you see it in the extended versions, he actually falls from the tower and dies um, somehow. I'm trying to remember, he gets like impaled on something, but that's very different than what actually happens. And we could talk about that, how different the ending of the Return of the Kings is comparatively to the movies. Because we'd actually, I think if you watch the three regular ones, we never see Saruman die, which, yeah, is, which is, is kind of an interesting choice. Well, I think we'll talk about it in return because the ending of Return of the Kings is one of my favorite things. Uh, this guy yeah, in the Shire, Saruman showing up, um, and that and Saruman dies in the Shire. Um, 
so I, yeah, I just I'm glad they cut it out of the regular editions. It was kind of a silly way, I think, yeah. to, to kill Saruman. Now don't be hasty, Master Mediatic. Hasty. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Let's um let's move on to, to Legolas, Gimli, and Aragorn here. I, I the first scenes are so awesome. I love it's 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 really funny because it's a like a, it's a medieval chase scene, but it's not like James Bourne or uh, Jason Bourne running around london or something they're just running across this incredibly beautiful landscape in new zealand somewhere we get some great quotes from from legolas um a red sun rises blood has been spilled this night red sun rises blood has been spilled this night which i say every single morning i i, I see a red sunrise uh we have your air going to ask him how how far can health i see how far do you think they can see i don't know Miles? Uh, Millions? Of fat- Millions of A couple miles? fathoms, maybe? A league or two? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what great. Yeah, we get- what? And then we get awesome, like, Gimli quotes, too. He's just, like, he's the great comedic relief throughout this. He's, he's awesome. Keep breathing. Watch the key. Breathe. Oh. Very you find dis- it, Very dangerous uh, for short distances. Do you find it racist at all that uh, Aragorn addresses Legolas by saying, what do your elf eyes see? Um, would it <laughs> what, be would like, you ask? Yeah, yeah like, what does, your, what does your Asian mind compute? Or something like that, you know? Like, <laughs> well, why call it Asian? Just like, ask what you see. It's, it's a little bit, you <laughs> I wonder to bring in race to all this. That's, that's a good point, Nate. And this is a hot topic right now. I don't want to go into all mm-hmm. the race stuff right now. So I'm not even going to take it. I'm not even going to give a take. But I appreciate you for being a little woke here. That's good. Thank yeah, you. I'm just trying to think of uh, everyone's best interests here. Mm-hmm. That's great. I do love Aragorn and his, uh, we see his like strider stuff, you know, his, his being a ranger and the way he can say, a hobbit, lay here. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's great. Here. It's unbelievable. Gandalf calls him the greatest huntsman and tracker in this age of the world. So that's a oh, uh, pretty high praise. That. Yeah, that is. Yeah. I hope it may hear. And the other. What madness led them into the Fanghorn Forest? Oh, that's <laughs> that's great. This is see. This is I, I like this. This is my favorite part. Just like watching these three travel travel around and get ready for the battle. It's really really fun. To- Tracks lead away from the battle. Into Fanghorn Forest. Fanghorn. What madness drove me there? Um, Man, okay, we, you want to talk about Gandalf? Let's t- let's say Gandalf. We've got uh, uh, quite a lot left to hit here. So, yeah, Gandalf yeah, we still because we Gandalf haven't got to Helm's Deep yet. Right. So uh, Gandalf the White shows up in Fangorn Forest. So um, was this confusing to you, or did this make sense when you watched the movies for the first time? No, no. And it's still it's just weird. It's confusing. So I'd I'd love to hear your your take, your uh, well read mind, explain this a little bit because it is it just seems like a deus ex machina to me watching the uh, man like creation of the gods to just like have gandalf resurrected so i want to i want to hear what what uh, how you explain this how does this actually work well so the to start the wizards are are not men or elves they're um essentially angels that become uh that are given like a form 
so they're sent over to fight Sauron and, and there's five of them and Saruman and Gandalf are two. And their whole thing is to, to fight the power of Sauron. And in Saruman, we know, takes the wrong route. Gandalf, throughout, whether he does the right thing or the wrong thing, whether he has, has anger uh, or impatience, he's always fighting the right cause. And so when he finally dies, uh, he sacrifices himself in Moria. And he, his spirit, which is an un, undying spirit because he's an angel, he goes back over and, and they tell him, the powers uh, that be says, you know, you're not done yet. Um, so he was sent back, as he says. Um, so that's kind of how it happens. I, I, I guess it's, it can be seen as a, a little bit of an easy thing, like, um, I don't know, like Aslan returning or something like that. It's not quite that, but um, I, I can definitely see how it comes off that way. Um, he's not God. Gandalf is not God or Jesus or anything like that. He's, he's a creature, but um, uh, yeah, he has qualities of, of an immortal being. So um, that's that's how he ends up coming back. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That may, it makes more it made more sense to me after reading the books. But yeah, it is great. It is great bringing him back. It's because he's just such an amazing character. And and, and then I'm saying the day he's probably the most powerful of the whole crew. Um, yeah, I would, would say you so. agree? Uh, I would definitely yeah. say so. Yeah. Yeah, because I love when they meet him and, you know, Legolas fires an arrow at him. He just swipes it away. And then Aragorn is great because he's just got a hot sword. He's like, ah, I think that's funny. Yeah, what a way to, yeah. to make your opponent feel a little hot. Don't touch that. It's, it's genius. It's pretty It's like funny. touching a seatbelt in the summertime. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. And then that's we, the worst that I, I hate it when it gets on my leg. I'm like, oh, gosh. Or grabbing my steering wheel. My steering wheel gets real toasty sometimes. Mm, mm, tough. <laughs> we have hard lives, I tell you that. We um, do. We do. And, and so then we get some great scenes. They, they, he gets Shadow Facts. Beautiful scene. Oh, Shadow, Shadow Facts. What a freaking cool name. Oh, that is amazing. Uh, uh, shout out to um, Sam Johnson's truck, which he named Shadow Facts in high school. Well, maybe his older brother Paul did. But yeah, coolest name right. for car I've ever heard in my life. It's amazing. Mary. Run, Shadow Facts. Show us the meaning of haste. Mary! Yeah, so, so they gallop off to, to um, Edoras, which, and then that scene right there when they show up uh, is one of my favorite stretches in the film, for sure. When they, they, the warden of the doors you know, says, we have to take you weapons and they just keep yeah. pulling out weapons out of everywhere and then just, so and, cool. staff. and he tricks them and he keeps his staff and then they go in and he they do their thing well, no, 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 real, quick, the, real quick wait you're talking about the wink gandalf gives him oh it's so, so beautiful so gandalf it's it's the best wink in cinematic history hands down better than uh i'm trying to think what ferris bueller's got a great wink han solo's got a good wink but this is the best wink you, you can barely even tell that it existed unless you're really looking for it. But I've tried to do a wink like that and I just, I can't do it. I don't know how, um, Ian, Ian McGregor, is that his name? Uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. <laughs> Ian McGregor. You, you and McGregor is a different guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, I don't know how he got this so down. It's so minuscule, but perfect. Just wonderful so do, how he gets to do both of his eyes. There. Both of his eyes blink or is it really no, no, blink? no, no, no. Just it's really a wink, but you can just barely even see it. Just such a minuscule wink. I can't, I can't wink like that. My whole cheek moves with it. But he just, it's like he can blink with one eye, which obviously is the definition of a wink. But 
it's impossible to actually wink like that, uh, except for yeah. Gandalf, apparently. I think it comes with age. I, I think it's a thing that you get when you uh, you're, you you're become a little more wrinkly and, and your your eyes are a little bit more shut, and so his eyes mm-hmm. just barely barely twitch, barely twitch, and he, he just, yeah. so much is expressed. We're all on his. We're all on board, Gandalf. Whatever you got in mind, we're we're on board. Let's go, baby. Yeah, it's great. So I, I reread that part in the book the other night, uh, and it's pretty true to the book uh, the the movie displays. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but. It's pretty funny because Aragorn at that time is already using um, the sword that was the blade that was broken, right? <clears throat> and so yeah. he's like t- telling this guard, this this keeper, listen, do not screw this up. Do not leave this like this is the blade that was broken. This is worth more than a thousand men, I think he says. And the poor guards just like in awe that he's holding this thing. And because um, Aragorn's trying to argue with him, trying to h- hang on to it. And then he asked Gandalf for his staff. And, and Gandalf was like, no, 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 Aragorn, just let him have it. It'll be fine. Don't be, so, don't be so greedy as to hold on to your sword. And then they asked Gandalf for his staff. And Gandalf was like, what? You're not going to take this. You're not going to take my walking stick. And it's so super ironic. And you even get some good humor in the, in the book rereading it. Yeah, yeah, uh, I love that. Aragorn is saying that this this sword is like five thousand years old. It came from Numenor. Um, yeah, you've never seen anything like this. But uh, I, I love that Gandalf is. Yeah, he's kind of uh, what's the word? Hypocritical. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really funny. It's, it's super obvious too. Stop. You would not part an old man. And then, then, and then they go in, and Gandalf starts doing his thing, talking to um, the king and to um, Grimma Wormtongue. But I love the background when Gan. Gimli oh, I was gonna say Aragorn the same thing. Legolas, they're just beating people up in the background. <laughs> they're just smashing people's heads. I it's remember, so funny. I, be- I was being, I was like eleven in the theaters, cracking up at this at this proportion because <laughs> just watching them. It was amazing. I think it's great too. It's like almost not intentional comedy, but it, because, you know, obviously Gandalf is at the forefront here, but then you just see Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas just fighting guys off like crazy with their fists. It's so cool. I think at one point, is he just holding someone in a headlock while, or maybe he's in a headlock or something, but it's, it's great uh, trying to fight him off and protect Gandalf from, from being taken yeah. away. I think Legolas does the old, uh, you know, no look punch where he just goes like this and he hits one behind him. That's great. Yeah. I've always wanted to pull that up. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's Um, great. But Theoden's transformation is pretty cool too. The way they they pull that off. Like, man, these movies hold up so well. Like even the Ents, the way like the CGI, however they they work this out, it's still, I think it still looks good. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. None of it looks old. Uh, some of the green screen stuff, you can kind of tell with ints, but that's if you're being nitpicky. The, the Theoden yeah. transformation beard, I, I love staring at his beard hairs kind of retract into his face. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And then Theoden yeah, is one of the best, one of my favorite characters in, in this whole uh, in this whole book. All, all, the whole thing, I, I love the way he's so protective of Rohan, so protective of his, um, his niece and his, his nephew. Um, just wants what's right for his people, but then we'll also risk that to go protect Gondor. And we'll talk about that in the next book, but um, just a really good Germanic King. Again, someone who's kind of more concerned about the songs that they will sing about him after, 
um, after he's gone than uh, winning. Um, right, which we, right. You know, yep. The honor. It's pretty cool. It's great. He's he's a great character. Great hair. Um, you kind of you like love and respect him and admire him the, yep. the entire time. Um, also, the so captain we, they, from Titanic. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's great. That's great. So he he does he makes one move that Gandalf's pissed about, right? He moves the, the people to Helm's Deep. This um, supposed to be this impenetrable fortress, uh, but I love the the walk. Like they're 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 walking, and um, the scene where the the wolves of Isengard come is an awesome little battle scene. So I've I've been thinking about Legolas's the way he jumps on that horse for years and years and years. And I didn't get any time, but I, I'm just curious if anyone has ever tried to mount a horse in that way, or do you think it's even possible? You know, the science doesn't back it up, Al. There's no way. You, you grab the left, so it's the right side of the horse, you grab it with your left hand, and then you kind of, you, you lean to the left and swing over, and you're in front of the hooves at this point. How are you not being trampled by those hooves? What's going on? I know. The horse is moving forward. I know. It's, it's just, it's outrageous, but it's so freaking cool. And I just, I'm just on YouTube here looking for anyone who's ever tried it and I can't find anything. The closest thing I have is how to mount a horse bareback, but that's, that's not it. That's not what we're looking for. He mounts him bareback, but he mounts him as the horse is running at him from the right side of the horse, swinging around to the left. It's amazing. It looks super cool. Yeah, why Legolas is the hottest uh, guy in, in Lord of the Rings. He's he's golly, I just disagree so hard about this, but uh, he yeah, it's it's cool and it's probably this that's why people love Two Tower. Not the only reason, but these this battle in Helm's Deep are two of the funnest battles you'll see in a, in in movies. I used to rewatch this all the time. Um, the the wolves, the fact that the wolves are also uh, deadly. Not only are the orcs, they're fighting orcs, but they're also fighting these huge beasts. I think that's a really cool wrinkle or, you know, that stinks. Your horses are just horses, but these guys have. (laughs) They should have made horses that can like bite or or eat people too. Yeah. They should have figured out how to ride cheetahs or something way back in the day. That's wow. Wow. That's a whole pod to itself. Uh, But that could have been cool, man. Someone should have thought of that. So pretty cool. Pretty cool, uh, you know, movies have Aragorn kind of dying, kind of uh, everyone thinks he's dead, you know, leave uh, leave the dead type of uh, ending. Doesn't really happen in the books, but fine. It, it adds a, some good stuff to the, uh, to the story. So, um, and then they get to Helm's Deep. Uh, oh, man. Some, some great <laughs> scenes here. I don't know where to even begin because there's uh, that scene beforehand, there's, two that I love one one with Legolas and Aragorn and <laughs> Legolas is like saying in Elvish that all these men are going to die and Aragorn yeah. in English says then I shall die as one of them and it's great like, it's amazing Wait, what are they talking about Aragorn Nedim Dagor Hen Urir Othering Natha Dagathair then I shall die as one of them uh so uh-huh, uh-huh. everyone else in the room um, I think it'd be so. I'm, I'm sure it was so stunning for the men to hear people speak in Elvish, and then they're talking like this, and all of a sudden you hear Aragorn yell that. It had to be terrifying for the men around them 
yeah, they just didn't be looking like, at them like, oh, wait, wait, we're going to die. What do you mean? Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I love when Aragorn, that poor kid, he takes his sword, clearly a bad sword. If you remember the sword from the movie, not <laughs> yeah. a good sword. This kid's and probably Aragorn's, 15 or 16. Yeah. Aragorn's like, oh, this is a good sword. No, it's not, Aragorn. You're just saying that to, to make it <laughs> Just I being bet, nice. I bet, that, I bet that kid died in the battle. If, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he died in 10 minutes. He's like, hey, kid, nice <laughs> shoes kind of thing, nice you know? Shoes. Yeah, like you're going you're gonna to put up 15 points tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I love the way they um, – what does he say? I think um, – is it Legolas who says most have seen far too many winters? Or too um, few. And, and, or too few. That's a great way of saying these guys are really old or really young. It's yeah. far too many winters. I should say that about my grandpa. Uh, he's seen far too many, too many winters, winters to be doing that. Yeah. Dude, I love it in, in fantasy. They do it a lot where they refer to the time passing as seasons passing instead of yeah, years. Yeah. I, I, it's such uh, a great move. Um, we need to bring that two, back. It's great. Yeah, let's do it. Two seasons from now, mm-hmm. it'll be winter. Um, anyways, the, uh, so Aragorn retor- returns there, which I don't know, the whole, the whole Aragorn like falling scene is kind of weird. Um, uh, does that, that doesn't happen in the books, does it? Where he, like, he no. almost dies and kind of crawls his way back. No. It's weird. Cause it, I don't see a whole lot of purpose to it other than to kind of extend the movie. Um, otherwise yeah. it's just kind of strange. You get to add Arwen back in who is not really a big book character, but Arwen gets to kind of save him. Um, I don't know. There's, I, 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 I think it's worth it if only to have Aragorn open the doors um, in the sexiest way possible. Um, this is why Aragorn is the hottest guy in the movie because the way. No, he the you doors, shut your dirty mouth. That's not yeah, true at all. Truth. That's it really is really funny. <laughs> um, and then the, also the elves show up right before. That's not in the books either. Um, interesting move, but I kind of like it. I think it's really cool. I think yeah, it's a great I'm, shot of the elves coming on the same in. team. Right, and then that mm-hmm. that elf dies. The the uh, Haldor is his name. He dies in the. It's like he's never. He like didn't think he could die. I don't know. He gets stabbed, yeah. and and he's looking at his wounds. I wonder how I would die if I got stabbed in the back like that. But I don't think I would die uh-huh. like he died. He looks no, down. No, no. He like so he, touches. He he touches the blood. He looks at it like, what is this? Um, <laughs> I I he. It's crazy because he gets hit on the head square. I can't imagine that's got to be so obviously he's dying and does die, but that I think would be one of the more painful ways to die. Just getting your head split open with one of those, those swords or whatever things, utensils that the Urukai use to kill people don't look all that efficient to me. Mm-mm. Yeah. And think of the They're germs. These... <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the but germs? They, just, they got other people's blood on them and stuff. I mean, <laughs> In today's environment, we got to be more conscientious. Uh, you're right. You're you right. Clean, clean your swords after, after using one time. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Good take. Good take there. So, all right, Helm's Deep. We we got to talk about it. It's it's the perfect battle scene. It's incredible. I only have one complaint about it, and I'll get to it. One nitpick about the but Helm's Deep battle. Um, so I, I want to start this off real quick. All right, Nate, we're we're lining up. Everyone's getting ready. Everyone got their bow and arrow. Battle's coming in. First off, we're scared to death. We're big pansies today. It's 21st century. I haven't had to do really many bad, that many hard things in my life. But if you had to pick a spot to be, and I, this is right off the cuff. Nate, you have no 
preparation for this question. So I just want to hear your thoughts. Where do you want to be standing? If you're on the, if you're in Helm's Deep, where do you want to be standing as these orcs are marching on? I would love to be one of the children hiding with the women in the caves uh, in the back. <laughs> That's where I would be uh, most at home. I appreciate I the to, honesty. Oh yeah. If I have to be anywhere, I want to be next the, the two guys next to Theoden who kind of stands in the back and just shouts things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. They get to blow the safe. horn at one point. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else, yes. no way. I don't want to be in the front. The arrows flying everywhere. Uh, the door guys, they get, they get ran over. No, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm out. I'm an accountant. I'm, I'm not, I'm not up in this, this business. No You're way. a CPA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've been thinking about it. And obviously I asked this question. So I'm, I, if I'm being honest to you, I'm a huge pansy. So I'd love to be one of the elves that are kind of back behind the wall that doesn't seem like the orcs know exists. And they're just, I just imagine them firing arrows for the first oh, yeah. like 30 minutes to an hour of the battle until they, they, they blow up the wall. I'd love to be one of those guys just picking them, picking orcs off left and right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I'd probably run, but that, oh, that's, that's my hope. For sure. I would stay. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this battle scene, uh, unbelievable. One of the, uh, recent developments, uh, was the, Game of Thrones kind of final battle scene took place at night uh-huh. um, yeah. for all the Game of Thrones head out there. And they totally botched it. Horrible. It was a whole episode long. There's a lot of buildup to it. And it is really just a bad, bad battle scene. Everything that Helm's Deep gets right, Game of Thrones got wrong. So it's just a, they really stuck the landing with the lighting, with the the timing and the pace of the battle, with everything. The rain fell. falling. Like you can hear oh, that. Pitter patter on the the mm-hmm. orcs' armor. It's so cool. It is so cool. Oh such man, it, it's such an amazing battle. So where's where does this stand? We we've been talking about this a little bit. Where does this stand on your list of movie battle scenes? So we've got some of the old timey battles of like three hundred, which is a great movie, kind of good movie, but um, great battle scenes in there. You got Braveheart. You see, you mentioned Game of Thrones. They've got a bunch of battles in there. Um, Gladiator, Troy. If you want to do more recently, they're Saving Private Ryan. Some like of those shooting battles. Um, what, what, where does this stand on your, um, your list of great movie battle scenes? I think if you're going to compare it to, uh, anything, it's got to be that same type of era, swords and arrows and stuff, because the, the yeah. Saving Private Ryan is, is just so different. Yeah, it's, it's totally, so, different. It's totally different. So good for different reasons, but you know, the first scene in Gladiator, uh, is fantastic. And I think the only reason Two Towers is better is because it's like the end, the final battle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a little bit more stakes with it. Um, I would put it up there with, with over anything. I think this is the best of this type of battle that we've ever seen. 300 is really cool, I would say. For yeah. I remember 15-year-old me going crazy over the 300 battles. Uh, but Mostly because know. of Leonidas's abs. But that, Ooh, yeah, baby. I agree with that. Spartans! What is your profession? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you there. I think this is this is the top. This is the best for a big battle. In Gladiator, some of those scenes, those battle scenes actually taking place in the Colosseum. Um, the the very first one in the Colosseum where the chariots come out is my favorite battle scene of all time, where um, where they're just looking at Maximus for 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 direction, and he's like, single column, single, single column. column. You know, he steals the horse. It's great. It's it's amazing. 
Uh, shout out to the Rewashables for doing the greatest podcast I've ever heard of all time on Gladiator. If you ever want to listen to it, um, he gives then his his famous speech at the end. Um, but that that's my favorite of all time. It's not necessarily a battle, I guess, sort of. But yeah, I, I agree. This is this is the top. This is the best of the best. Yeah, maybe. better than the Return of the King uh, battle too. Yeah, it's a lot different. And 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 then we get the uh, the retreat, and then um, the great charge at the end. You know. Gandalf told him he'd be back at, at first light on the fifth day. I love, I love this little bit. Um, Aragorn is trying to hype up, like, we should go right out and meet them. And Theoden is thinking, and, and Gimli, this dwarf, just says, the sun is rising. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I love that. He, he yeah, doesn't say anything great. like, like, we should go, we should, we should fight. He just says, the sun is rising, which I take to mean there is hope. That it was night and now it is dawn. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I love that little tiny little sentence and then Aragorn's whole thing of uh, ride out and meet it. What, what can man do against such reckless hate is what Theoden says. So much death. What can man do against such reckless hate? Ride out. Ride out and meet them. For death and glory. For Rohan. For your people. The sun is rising. What can man do against such reckless hate? Question we all ask ourselves man. from time to time. Ride out and meet it. That's the only thing to do. Meet it head on. So they, they uh, man up, they... And again, they have no reason to believe that they are going to survive this charge, but they know that it's the right thing, and it's the they can't cower in the corner any longer. They have to go right out. It's beautiful. Love it. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. And then a showcase uh, of Gandalf just stepping over, and then all of a sudden the rest of the, 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 the Rohan um, horsemen come out. It's great. My only question is, is that's a steep hill. Do you think any of the horses fell down? So steep. Yeah, crazy steep. I, I, I cannot imagine a horse riding down that hill. Maybe sledding down that hill. Yeah. Like, I'd be scared. To, yeah, I was about to say that, Nate. Skiing and sledding even down that would be scary. So I was just – I was worried about the horses going down. Mm-hmm. And, but the, uh, the score, the, the violins when they're charging, oh. uh, un- unbelievable. Oh, Tears every time. Yeah. That's great. That's great stuff. We got them. We got them. Mm-hmm. So the perfect battle, the perfect battle. We, uh, my only nitpick is there was, there was just a little bit too much uh, humor amidst it. Like I love, I love Gimli throughout the whole movie. I wish he wouldn't, they wouldn't have shown the scene of him hitting the orc in the balls. I don't know if orc have balls. What do you think? Orcs have balls. That's my take. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave it there. How many uh, did, who ended up winning the, the did they have the number, final count? The Legolas and Gimli, did they ever show? Because remember, they're always counting. I don't know counting. in the movies. I, I, I think I in the remember. books, Gimli wins because he gets separated, actually, and uh, he has to fight his way out of some caves. And, they yeah, Gimli wins by one, and, you know, Legolas doesn't care because he's just so happy to see his friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's um, great. No one tosses a dwarf. It's a great scene. Love that throw there. Mm-hmm. He just starts swinging his axe everywhere. Oh, oh yeah. That's, That's a great shot. <laughs> I love when they kind of sneak around there, that side door. I, if I was an orc, I would have been looking for a little side door like that. Yeah, come just on. Sneak orcs in are there. so dumb sometimes. Come I on, know, Just silly. 
Okay, here's my here's my last question. I'll, I'll let you take it from here, the Helms Deep. But who's your? Um, I've been I've just been thinking about Helms Deep nonstop the last two weeks. That's why I'm, I'm rattling all these off. But who's your MVP of Helms Deep? MVP of Helms Deep is Aragorn. I would say uh, he's the man on the ground uh, who is directing the troops. Theoden's in the back, uh, but Aragorn's the one who's directing the elves. He's leading the little skirmish that him and Gimli uh, jump out onto the. Uh, platform and then he convinces Theoden to to run to to do the charge so it, it, it's Aragorn not Aragorn yep. wins yep. Helmsdeep I agree yeah Aragorn he uh he is definitely the correct answer um however I had been trying to make a case for the uh, the orc who runs in with the bombs or no, no he doesn't run in with the bombs but he runs in to light the bombs gets oh, yeah. shot with I think three different arrows he he makes this great like he did Marshawn Lynch before Marshawn Lynch existed. Um, this guy comes in and, and I'm gonna make a little rewatchables reference here. Like this guy comes in and he he plays for like eight minutes and probably puts up seven or eight threes, just changes the game. But then instead of getting injured, he just dies. Doesn't play the rest of the game. Yeah. So he would he would win biggest heat check. He doesn't win MVP, but that guy comes in and changes the game. Changes the whole battle for him. But he, oh, he yeah. doesn't want to be. I wish. Aragorn I wish we got more uh, more background on him. Like whether he was like an athlete. He played sports in the young orc leagues growing up, and he <laughs> really knew how to how to finish. Uh, He'd been a great yeah, long so, jumper. Yeah, big loser at Helm's Deep is legless. Bring him down. I mean, what are we doing? Aiming for his <laughs> chest, torso. Hit him in the head. Come on. He had one job. Gosh, on, gosh, I know. Jeez, jeez, Louise. not the yeah. hottest guy. Nope, nope. He's still the hottest guy. He's he's like the pretty boy on the team. It's like Jay, uh, it's like uh, Gordon Hayward is always the hottest guy on the court, but that doesn't mean he's the best on the court. That's that's my take. Um, you Gordon know, Hayward also, has Legolas, facial hair. Yeah, he does, but he's also got the best haircut in the world. Um, do you think Legolas, you know, he pulls those two guys up? That had to be incredibly difficult, not only for Legolas, but for Aragorn to be holding on one-handed to the rope while oh, hanging yeah. on to Gimli, the strength that had to take, unbelievable. There's no way I could do that in my entire life. Well, I, I, I think back to my seventh grade science class, uh, Mrs. Zweigart, um, teaching us about simple machines. And uh-huh. it's, it's not quite a pulley, but it is, it, it is on uh, an angle, right? So does that change the force needed to, to pull that rope? No, it wouldn't change the force, I don't think. <laughs> we... I'm I'm a doctor. I'm a dentist, Nate. I'm not I'm not a physicist. We gotta get some science guys in here. But I think you understand that. It's it's way different than pulling it straight up like this, though. If you're able to pull it like yeah, yeah, yeah. Towards but he could just so he could just he could pull it down or like towards himself, but still for for even for Aragorn to hang on with one arm and Gimli on the other, Gimli's probably a pretty dense dude. I'm guessing he's weighing two twenty five at least. You know, dwarves are hard to judge because they're so short, but you're right. He's, he's probably pretty hefty. Trust me. What? I cannot jump the distance. You have to trust me. Don't tell the elf. Not a word. Okay, Al. So that kind of wraps up Helm's Deep, and I, and I love the way that uh, in the movie – all, all of the climaxes kind of happen uh, simultaneously. simultaneously. They're cutting in and out. Right. You hear the ending of uh, Helm's Deep and the 
uh, Ince attacking Isengard is happening while Sam is um, doing his thing and giving his speech to Frodo. I mean, I think I think that is a really beautiful blend. Um, it is. It's great. great you get the Ince on the the one Ince with his head on fire, dunks it in the water. Oh, it's yeah. great. Uh, it's so <laughs> cinematic. Is a head on fire? Just go. That's exactly what I would do if my head was on fire. Dip it in the water. Yeah, just so. dunk it in Great the water. Move. The water's Great a movement. baptism, maybe symbolic oh, of it's a washing metaphor. over Isengard. Wow. Oh yeah. Do you think about that? I bet not. Um, <laughs> point for me. Uh, point for Al. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, beautiful climax there. I, I love that. I love that finish there. Just ends in a really, really fun, uh, unique way to 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 finish up. To recap, I guess my 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 favorite to rewatch I mean, it's just helms deep is is such a central piece of this it's so much fun i could talk about it for hours and hours yeah love it good flick uh not my favorite of the three but uh great flick and a great book too man i can't wait though to get into return uh as yeah. soon as we as soon as we can i know it's great i'm, I'm super pumped too but we will return soon fans hey. listeners mom maybe uh, mom and mom dad <laughs> i just had a conversation i think after y'all left last thursday our place my mom we're talking about lord of the rings and she's because she's just she's so scared of the orcs and Gollum and stuff that she doesn't like to watch it so maybe this will help i don't know yeah still pretty scary she listens it is it's it's scary stuff all right, anyways, Nate, this has been great. It's been a long one. Hope everyone's still listening. I love you a lot. We'll talk soon, okay? Love you, dude. Talk soon. What's that? This, my friend, is a pint. It comes in pints? Oh. I'm getting one.